Hi and welcome to Arrow's coverage of Infosec 2019. We are once again asking the hard questions of our vendors, finding out what their priorities are into 2020 and how they intend to help our channel to develop to address the ever-changing security landscape. We hope you enjoy this series, and if so, please subscribe. Okay, and we're back again, and uh, now we've got, in fact, you know what? Introduce yourself, please. Right, yeah, so I'm Paul Knott. So I'm the security strategist at Symantec for Northern Europe region. Fantastic. Uh, so I basically my role at Symantec is uh, a part of the, C, uh, the CTO organization. So I work with clients on how to develop their security strategy um, and how to help them mature the security posture, really. Not an easy task. No. Enjoyable, <laughs> though. It's, I can imagine. It's, so I'm not part of the sales function, so I, get, I don't really have targets or anything I need to achieve. But Which is quite nice. To me, it's really about helping our clients be successful in what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, so I, I take a lot from that, yeah. Being a techie myself, I, I completely get that feeling. It's like being able to go in and, and have a very open and, and honest and sort of quite open, eye-opening conversation with customers. And you, you find they open up to you a bit more and they, they sort of... They start to maybe air a little bit of their dirty laundry that they wouldn't have done if you were a salesperson just coming in going, Absolutely, yeah. what can I sell you, what can I sell you, yeah. I've got, got to close a deal. Yeah, and the, the, the other angle on it actually, I, so I, I work a lot with mid-market organisations as well because we did some research ages ago that showed that um, organisations between 2,500 and 5,000 employees have 0.9 of a head dedicated to security. So wow. they don't even have a person basically. No. So they actually appreciate people going in to talk to them and help them. So you, you get a lot more from that because they, they take your advice. Because typically the guys that are in security might be more junior than in a, in a large organization. Um, so they haven't been around the block as much. So I'm a technologist by heart. I've, I, I, I came from IT, an ITO organization, so DXE, HP, those sorts of things. So yeah. I'm used to delivering large transformations and, and multiple clients. Um, and they probably haven't had that experience. So they, they like to take that knowledge away with them, really. Yeah, and I suppose it also allows you to become that trusted advisor, get in at the grassroots influence their strategy rather than just I think one of the biggest problems we have today is that when we when we're in there doing just very tactical things yeah because either you're very late to the store late to the sort of um, opportunity because it's not being led by technology it's been led by a salesperson it's being yeah, led yeah. by who you know and there's an inherent mistrust in there and when we get involved I mean I'm a techie by trade as well I was previously the technical director of the UK I business so big techie myself techie background very much like yourself and um, you find you become the absolute trusted advisor yeah. of, that, of that particular organization. And, and then they say, oh, we're, we're thinking about this new project rather than, right, we need a quote or we need a, yeah, you know, yeah. we need a piece of software to fix this. Oh, why why why'd you do it like that so in the first place? I think well, the role of vendors is changing as well. So yeah. certainly at Symantec, we, we've obviously got a, a huge portfolio. And, and my biggest task that I, I do on a daily basis is find ways of articulating a portfolio of 70 products to clients, but not only a client but the different roles in an organization yeah so if you're a c-level exec you're, you're not necessarily interested in the individual product names or you, you want to see functionality or how it helps the business achieve their goals um, if you're in cyber defense then we can articulate our portfolio to match someone that works in cyber defense or SOC operations so i've kind of articulated our portfolio in that ma manner really to help them but i think clients are coming to us more often than than i, I used to when i was an integrator because um, they, they value that opinion and, and certainly the market is maturing. So part of my digital transformation piece that I'm talking about downstairs on the stand is around how that the, the, the security function itself is maturing. 
just like the ERP solutions did in the 90s and just how salesforce.com that you've got one key vendor, one version of the truth and then other partners integrate off that central platform. And security is being seen in that way now that people are actively consolidating and there's only a few vendors that you can actively consolidate with. Um, and with a portfolio of 70 odd products, people are choosing us to do that consolidation and Fantastic. then pick niche vendors to assist where they need to. Uh, and that's, it's brilliant really, because we, we have, I don't know if you've heard of the ICDX platform that we do, which is um, essentially a piece of middleware that integrates all our different technologies together. Like but a also data exchange type platform, Exactly, yeah. yeah, it's exactly what it is, yeah. So it's a piece of middleware that takes feeds from all our products and our partners um, and allows it to kind of enrich events and share threat telemetry and all these sort of things, but in a common format. So we've, we're seeing loads of, loads of our partners use that platform to innovate off. Just like ERP did originally, that you've got one data data lake or data repository, yeah. and everyone else builds off that. So, I suppose so one of the interesting things to sort of um, frame just how important this is is to put it in the context of digital transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Digital transformation is one of these things where everyone, I mean, everyone talks about it. Achieving it is a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. So, and I suppose security is critical to digital transformation but it's probably not necessarily well understood why it's so critical. So yeah, it's, it's entirely different to normal projects as well. So I think transformation itself has been around for a long time, especially when I used to work in ITO. We're doing kind of, you might do a 100,000 desktop refresh or, um, or it's just, these would seem to be transformation projects, but I don't believe that's the real definition of, of digital transformation. Um, I think putting a kiosk in McDonald's to order your food from, I don't think that's digital transformation. It's just a different way of interacting with the business. Transformation to me is a fundamental shift in the DNA of the business. And it can be because a disruptor's come into the market, like Uber coming into the black cab market and, and forcing them to come together as individual cab owners and actually innovate and make their own platforms and make their own technologies like um, Halo and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's a way that they're reacting to a disruptor in the market, but that's not a technology project. It's, it's reacting to a business driver using a technology. And the, the problem relating to security about that, though, is that because they're business problems, they're actually being ran outside of the security function. Yeah. So a chief digital officer or a chief marketing officer or- Where security or, is an afterthought. Exactly. And that's why I call it how security can be an accelerator for digital transformation. So, and the reason I created the, the, the presentation originally is security has always been a very negatively perceived part of the business. And, and it comes from, essentially being the people that say no to things because you have to say no to things sometimes i remember a project when i was doing technical delivery and it was actually a web proxy technology um, and we wanted to use vlans to separate traffic simple as that and the security team said no because there was a theoretical attack about jumping between vlans even though vlans weren't being used as security technology um, so that, that turned the project into a hundred switches were required when you could have got away with six or eight potentially Jesus. Um, so imagine that complexity, cost, operational cost. It's just, it's ongoing. And that's yeah. why security has been seen to be negative in the past. And I get that right. Well, it's seen as an insurance, um, which is a real shame because actually done right, it can be an enabler of the business. It can give the business that safety net to go and, you know, do mobility better, go exactly, and do, yeah. you know, remote working better, go and adopt new technologies, you know. Yeah, so the idea of what we're trying to achieve really is, Let's, let's try and be proactive. So let's get ahead of the conversations about transformation. So if the CISO was lucky enough to report to a, a 
board member, that's pretty good. It's quite rare though, unfortunately. Yeah. So what we're actually seeing is people creating transformation working groups. So they're having conversations about what's going on early from different areas of the business. But getting ahead of, the, getting ahead of those technology delivery as well. So if you're going to do cloud adoption, so let's secure that day one so that different areas of the business can go off and innovate on their own. So HR can go and buy a SaaS app or sales can go and use salesforce.com. You don't need the security team to be involved as much because you've already put the CASB in place. Yeah, exactly. So it's not all, this is the thing, it's, 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 in a, it's sort of giving a level of go and be creative, go and be innovative. We're not going to sit here and completely sort of hamper the, you know, the, the natural want and desire of our organization exactly, to go and yeah. be because actually finding the innovative, the sort of the creative individuals in the organization and allowing them to be creative and allowing them to go and drive digital transformation is the best kind of employee yeah. you could ever hope to have. But well, CISOs are left behind out of conversations and they're yeah. becoming overwhelmed because they're br being brought late to the conversation. We, the perfect example of this, one of our, uh, ended up being one of our clients, um, the CIO went off and procured a workplace productivity tool, which I can't go into names, um, but they went off and, and, and kind of a multi-million dollar contract to, to go and do that. Um, but because the, the CISO was a peer of the CIO, didn't report to him, um, the CISO's team didn't accept the risk posed by untested and unproven controls. So that investment of tens of millions sat on a virtual shelf because the CISO wasn't brought into the conversation early enough. So it, it, imagine that money being burnt on a daily basis and the pressure that puts on the security team wow. that could have been avoided if yeah. they were involved in the conversation. So what we're trying to say is let's accelerate these transformations or accelerate these innovations within the business by baking security in early. And if, and, but we have a responsibility in security to do that ourselves. So we need to lead the conversation. So if there's areas that we can suggest for innovation or we reward people ourselves that bring ideas about how to do things better, quicker and faster, then that makes us lead those conversations as well. So we have to start within our own teams. So what is the, what is the strategy then? How, how are you guys going about doing this? So the, there's the soft side of it. So uh, we, we see organizations fitting into kind of four categories. So the first one is where they're siloed away. So that's the typical one that we've kind of spoken about. Um, the second phase is where they are actually helping the business uh, innovate. The third stage is what we call in, in the integrated stage. So it's actually looking at the security function itself internally and how that can be transformed. And that's what we spoke about, um, how the industry is kind of demanding consolidation itself already. Uh, so how we can do that to make security more cost effective and agile. And then stage four is the, the really interesting one and, and it's what I call differentiating. Um, and there's a very few examples of this because it's aspirational. And the idea is where security actually becomes a growth driver for the business. Um, so we're seeing a few examples of it at the moment. So if you, if you think about um, your mobile phone banking app, for example, you, you've got no way of knowing that that's actually secure, apart from the trust you put in the bank yeah. and the trust you put in the, the, the app store provider. Um, and what, what banks are doing very cleverly and psychologically is they're offering uh, cyber education to their consumers. Because if you think that if they're able to educate people on cyber, then they must be doing it well themselves. So that, that's a way they differentiate themselves on their peers. And another example is probably a, a more tangible one. So the, you've got ISPs these days. They're actually bedding in security tools into their ISP offerings. And that's a way of them differentiating themselves from their peers. But I think it's going to happen more and more because if you think at the moment we're, we're the, the, media, the media are helping uh, consumers get more aware of cyber threats. But I think when 
when the consumers aren't able to remortgage because their credit history is being destroyed, they're going to start to demand that the services they consume are secured. Yeah. So they, they're going to demand that people prove the security of their solutions, and that will differentiate them in the market. So that's when security actually grows the business. So. I mean, we've seen this before with um, online retailers and advertising the utilization of PCI DSS. Yeah, yeah. We are PCI DSS compliant. That logo, albeit sometimes I'm sure people put that logo on even when they weren't, but it, that immediately became something that was a that was you would go on and actually someone could have what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. But you'd pay a little bit more to go to a site where they're advertising that they were secure and that yeah. they had all the various different pieces of uh, of certification. But where else? I mean, because PCI DSS was a bit of a, that felt like a bit of a gold, you know, a, a golden moment where it was like, wow, I mean, all of a sudden everyone's become aware of this one thing. Yeah, yeah. How does that, how do we I, transform I that and make that, that happen again? I resonated with the general public though. It might be because we're Did technologists. Oh, okay, I mean. But I think there are all these kite marks on websites. So Norton, one of our brands, you can get a Norton kite mark on your website, but that's a oh, very okay. limited, and PCI, they're very limited checks. So it, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, I think the Norton one, I, I don't know for, for, for detail, but I think it's like a, a vulnerability scan of the external website. I don't know if they go into application testing, for example. But what I have seen an example of, a, a B2B organization that actually opened up its vulnerability scanning system to its people that buy off them. And the reason they do that is that they can show that, that the entire estate has been scanned. If there are any threats, how long it took them to remediate them. Um, and that is a way that they use to differentiate them from their cl from their um, yeah. competitors. So you know they're secure. So you would rather use them as a third party. Because I couldn't agree more about you know the comment you made around technology or, or security is becoming a massive differentiator to the market. And absolutely, the whole training um, people how to use security. Because also a flip side of that is that if you can make people, if you can reduce the amount of fraud that your customers are, yeah, you know, ending up with. Technically, you could lower the cost of doing business, yeah, yeah. which is brilliant. Um, but I'd be fascinated to understand sort of where do you see the biggest return on on security investment from this perspective? Where would you, if you know, if you were running your own company, or more importantly, when you go in and, and sort of advise and consult yeah. companies, where does where is the opportunity? Where are the, the low hanging fruit to be able to essentially do this and? and bring security in as a business differentiator? So I think the, I have been trying to work on articulating kind of business value through buying down risk. So um, if you have hypothetically had a million dollars to spend, where would you spend it in which controls to address the risk of your business? And, and I think it's the million dollar question really is, how do we articulate risk reduction to our, to our customers? Yeah, um, and if you can if you can nail that one, <laughs> I think I think every other problem dis disappears. At the moment, we've got a lot of our a lot of our clients that, that do very large transactions with us. Um, they do them through cost cost reductions. Mm -hmm. So um, if you if you consolidate down with a vendor, you lose a lot of hidden costs. Um, you you potentially have better integrated security, so you've got better time to detect, time to respond, because your products talk to each other. But a lot of our big sales are through cost reduction. I think. Proving or articulating the business value of security, I don't think we're there yet, but no. I am working on it. <laughs> but I mean, coming around to the old elephant in the room of GDPR, I mean, is that going to be somewhere where, because I mean, that's been so in the face of yeah. everyone in the world, um, is that going to be somewhere where people say, you know, we take better, I mean, and privacy, I mean, every single day in the mainstream media, yeah. there is something about privacy, there's something about, you know, the fact that certain organizations are terrible at privacy whereas other ones are much better 
Do you see that being a differentiator? I, I don't think we're making enough of it at the moment, actually. I think the media are helping us in a way that um, certain breaches are coming to the press, which then helps the, the general public understand cyber a little bit better and, and take better care of their information. I think we could probably do more. I know there was a, the, the ICO released their figures about how many how many companies got breached last year. I can't remember the exact number, but I know there was a lot more than we go into the media. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I suppose the, the next question would be, you know, with things like GDPR coming in, are we hearing about more breaches this year than last year because more people are talking because they have to? You know, has GDPR helped in, I don't really get I think that. people are valuing I, their identity more and that, yeah, that comes I, from the media and that's great, right? Yeah. Um, I still don't think we're there and that's where, I, that's where I do predict that people will start taking better care of their, their cyber identities. Um, and that's, again, that, I come back to that's when they'll start preferring certain, uh, certain companies over others. How we get there, I'm not quite sure, but I think it is in the psyche of, of the consumers now. Okay, interesting, interesting. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, whoever figures this out, whoever develops the marketing campaign to say, we are the most secure online e-tailer yeah, yeah. going, will absolutely clean up. Absolutely. Because, I, I, I mean, even my mum, bless her soul, who's technical as a turnip, um, thankfully she doesn't listen to this podcast, um, <laughs> Even she is starting to become more aware, yeah, and, and yeah. any other day was asking, you know, how do I know that this site is secure? And and, and I showed her the padlock at the top of a, yeah, a web yeah. browser, and I was like, if you don't see that, you do not put a single bit of personal yeah. information but, in. But why do I need to put all that information in as well? It's I think well, that's we, a good that question. We need yeah. to start being a bit more selective on what we give out. I, I think for probably our generation, we've probably missed that boat, and there's so much data out of our, us <laughs> yeah. out there that you, you couldn't imagine. But um, I think certainly for, for my kids, I think. I, I sort of educate them that you don't need to give all, all this information, keep, keep your date of, date of birth private, just things that you could really be used against you at some point. Yeah, I've, I've focused myself, so I'm, I'm exactly the same position. And uh, with the eldest who's sort of 14 and into every app going, and I'm like, yeah. just, you know, every now and again, just don't fill it out with the right information. Yeah, just just yeah. keep them guessing, you know, literally, the last thing I want to do is turn around and go, this is how much your identity is worth. You know, your identity has value because go and try and monetize it somehow and sell it. Um, so we don't want to go down that route, but there's a, an amount of sort of trying to figure out ways and means of, of getting her to sort of be more mindful of, of the sort yeah. of the value and the and the sort of intrinsic. Once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah, exactly. And there is no getting it well, back. I've got a techie friend that actually creates an email address for every account he sets up. That's so very, that's, that's hard work, but very clever. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like work. it. That's yeah. a really good so idea. So you can just track who's using, his, who's using and selling on his information. Wow, yeah. fantastic. Well, look, it's been an absolute yeah, pleasure to talk too. to you. Thank you ever so much. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of InfoSec. Thank you very much. You Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please come back again next week for the next instalment of our exciting coverage from InfoSec 2019. See you then.